What's up, guys? It's Sunday, March 12th, 2023. Welcome to the 20-Minute Week, where we prep our trades and speculations for the coming days. Quick disclaimer, this is not financial advice, and you should consult a professional before making any investment decisions. With that out of the way, my name is Andrew Baskin. And I'm Fado Ilunga. Let's dive in. So let's talk about last week's trades. How did AMD go? AMD went, could have gone better. You know, it was the right analysis, but uh, poor execution on my part. I wanted i took a 15 minute trade 15 minute chart using some macd divergence um it it was it was a run of the mill i got shook out when baskin shared me a spy chart and it looked <laughs> like spy was about to rip back up you know off that 390 support level and so you know that that it is what it is he left break even so i can't be too mad about that well it was a, a falling wedge there and uh it was coming down to support so I just wanted to let him know because he was texting me. He was telling me that he wasn't looking at the chart for anything. And I was like, ah, you know what? Won't hurt to look, but I will say that is somewhat on me. It happens, you know. So let's move on to the next one. How did Home Depot go? Home Depot was a bagger last week. I, I traded it three times. I swung some calls off Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. Um, ran up to two. No, actually gapped down. And because of like arbitrage within the the liquid like the market i was trading the strike i was trading i think it was the 305s for 331 sure it gapped down and i still made the you know 100 bucks off of that uh reloaded at the end of the day <laughs> took another swing took a home 315 so about 40 percent 40 percent on that trade um and then friday fridays were kind of kind of iffy so this is where i was just averaging down the entire the entire <laughs> the entire morning so got in at some 290 puts around 292 i want to say around 90 dollars a piece loaded up some more like around 50 or something and then loaded up again at 27 averaging down so i brought my average on a 60 sold at 100 uh, a contract so so and uh where was your stop at then no stop zero dts uh, <laughs> It's just all right. I mean, you're talking about three average downs, like yeah, at that at point, 90, yeah. Like it's pretty close. The to, position size, to break was, even, but. the position size was about you know six hundred dollars, I think. So it wasn't anything crazy. Okay, yeah. So, was it? It wasn't a heavy trade. That's it for, was, sure. for yeah. me. Like that's not a heavy trade. Five hundred dollars, six hundred dollars. It was not me. bad. So uh, the next trade that I want to talk about uh, last week was uh, spy. I took a. Um, 409 call, uh, zero DTE, because why not? Uh, I got in at a very good price. I was, um, I wanted it because it was in, it was joining back into the weekly channel. Uh, there was a small breakaway gap up into that uh, daily resistance crested above it. I have uh, my own personal indicator, which is called significant volume. I coded it myself. And um, at that, that popped off and I had the EMAs crossing the 200 on the two hours so it really felt like it was going to move um and yet it just pulled me out stopped me out i guess that's just the cost of doing business um it didn't it didn't hurt that bad i mean my my stop was pretty tight too because i didn't want it to come back down below the weekly channel and reject as it did without any uh possibility of me losing the whole position but i was really happy about that one because i was really calm throughout the trade um, and then same day took JP Morgan for two weeks out. Um, I really liked the 150 calls on that because we had a huge inverse head and shoulders with a break back into the weekly channel. And that's just, I mean, to me, that's green lights everywhere. I don't know about you, but I, I loved it. 
And um, of course, uh, didn't happen. <laughs> it just it just came back down. Uh, I stopped out of that one pretty fast as well. Uh, but I had some great entry points, and um, I honestly felt like out of out of that one, I was the least comfortable because I'm not really a swing trader, and I was running two week out contracts. But I mean, you have more experience in that than I do. Um, I'm just a big fan of zero DTEs and, and, and close stuff because I, I like having having a move where it's it's going to define right away whether or not I'm going to be in or out of the trade. I, I will say, like, you know, hearing you, like, because, you know, you texted me, like, the charts, the analysis, the technical mm-hmm. analysis for both those trades. And one thing I want to point out is, like, both those trades you took, they were – all the trades you took were pretty much breakout plays. Yeah. At resistance. Yeah. So, I mean, well, not that yeah. not that's no, a bad, bad thing. I'm no. just saying, like, that's, you know. That was that was the theme for last week That was me. the theme, yeah. yeah. And then, because like, I had posted a couple of charts on my Twitter. I think it was, like, four or five. And almost all of them looked bullish, which was uh, shocking going into the spring break and, and what have you after this last year we had. I thought I'd at least see some bear set up, but. I mean, you saw them. You liked them. I mean, they weren't they weren't bad. They weren't great. JP, J, I would say like JP Morgan B spy mm. definitely like it was like a B plus setup. Yeah. It wasn't like the setup was bad by any means. It, it wasn't just, bad. I, I had my confirmations too, so it wasn't like I you know was just kind of free balling it. <laughs> you know, and that's the complete opposite of what I did last week. I you know <laughs> I nailed reversals. You know, pretty much. I wouldn't say I nailed the Home Depot on you know Lotto Friday. Well, yeah. But I mean, I made money off of it. But I wouldn't say like I nailed it. But I did nail the two call swings. Mm-hmm. You know, off those. Those two, were great. Those trades. two bounces off support. And you had those set up for like a week and a half at least. At least two or three weeks yeah. out. So yeah. like you know, I made you know some good money on that percentage wise. So you know, I was chasing reversals all week. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what you know, what I was looking for. So. Well, that's good. I mean, you know what? I've been actually kind of trying to look into these last couple of plays and um, see if I if I would even choose to try some momentum plays because there have been a lot of um, moments where I feel like I'm either missing out and I just choose not to take said, you know said trade or whatever it is. Uh, because I either just just barely missed the reversal or whatever, and it's made it like halfway into the channel. And I know you were saying earlier in the week uh, that you like taking some of those halfway ends, like yeah. halfway through the channels. Yeah, occasionally I do. When I there's times where I feel confident about it, where like if I do that, it kind of I kind of have to give the trade some time, strictly because yeah. like you know there's a higher probability like the trade will come back to break even or to like. So how much wider do you, what are your stops on those? My stops are basically like whatever the structure I'm looking at is. Like if I'm say I'm halfway through a channel and I'm trading yeah. calls, like say it's like a downward channel, you have a support, downtrending support, downtrending resistance, so a channel mm-hmm. like that. And I say I get into the middle. If I'm in puts, my stop is basically the breakout point of the channel. It's pr- it's really wide. Okay. So yeah. I have to take the trade like a lot smaller than I normally would. I feel like somewhat sometimes your trading style like almost mimics and I I watch uh Noir trades uh, a lot on YouTube and Twitter and what have you. And I've noticed that he's a big, like he plays into the break and then sells the break. A hundred percent. I, I always look to sell the break. Sell like, the break. I'm like, you know, instead of s- buy into the breakout, I try not to buy into the breakout. I've, 
early on in 2021 when I first got started doing this that's you know I was getting burned a lot like yeah. on signals and the signals were always coming you know at the break mm-hmm. from all these discord traders and everything and I was like you know what I <laughs> I don't feel comfortable you know taking the break anymore and for a while I stopped doing that and lost a lot of momentum lost a lot of money actually <laughs> but uh it's kind of still market tuition but um I like I forgot when I saw it was sometime early 2022 I just saw a Twitter trader I don't remember his ad I don't remember anything about it well, but I mean it, essentially you're just taking their position and it like I this he was telling you about a furu furus and yeah. he said hey your furu is already in by the time he tells you by the time you're getting that he's he's been in for a while now and he's telling mm-hmm. you to take it now because he has nothing to lose he himself sure. personally doesn't have anything to lose and you just start to think sure. about it it's like you know where would you buy where would you sell those kinds of things. So I, I really been in the mindset is like try to play into the break. And if I want really want this breakout, then I leave a, a single contract to try and run, run yeah. with it. So so with this last minute uh, before we start switching over, what was the biggest thing you learned this week? The biggest thing I off learned this trades, week yeah. off my trades, I would say I need to have a little more confidence. You know, I've been you know, spending sure. a lot more time letting my trades run a little bit longer. If I, I used to have this big problem where I take profits early um, and I let my losses run. Now I'm trying to let my profits run too. I'm trying to like, mm. if, if I'm going to let losses run, I have to let profits run. If I'm going to take profits early, I have to cut stops early. Like take That's them. very so, fair. And I worked really hard on that. So I, I think I've learned to manage that a little bit better. That's good. Oh, yeah. This week I, um, I learned that uh, I, I respond better to physical detriment physical detriment but i to explain that is i had a long problem of not taking my stops and so you know i would you know psychologically it would bother me because you know obviously i lost more money than i should have but um i figured out that if i make myself do 10 push-ups for every time i move my stops and i've left it in my logs you know each time i've counted them out I've got seven right now, so I do 70 push-ups every day. And if I do it again, I now have 80 push-ups every day. And I do not like that. It makes it makes life a lot harder. So that's definitely a good thing to understand about myself. And that's one thing I've learned about trading is understanding yourself is, is a huge part of it. So with all of that being said, I'm running a little bit behind here, um, What's your uh, first favorite upcoming ticker of the week? I know you're talking about Uber uh, pretty quickly here. You know, Uber, um, it's a pretty simple setup. I don't have any divergence on RSI or MACD yet. And typically that's like, you know, the second confirmation I use. I usually trade patterns, you mm-hmm. know, channels, uh, trend line breaks, those, those things. So I don't have anything on divergence yet to confirm that. But I'm looking at a downtrend channel, you know, starting starting on uh, February 2017th. You know, we're hitting that downtrend line and hitting a significant level I had since January 24th at $31. Um, it's pretty interesting, you know, if the market's gonna rally this week, that's what I'm really looking at as 32 calls, weekly 32 calls. Sure, yeah, and that's in line with your uh, reversal plays that you were doing last week too. Oh yeah, it's still in line with reversal, yep. still looking at those. I mean, I don't, I think the market overreacted last week. I could be wrong. With the, know? yeah, oh boy, yeah. The, um, SVB, wow, yeah, that's that's good stuff. We should probably touch on that at the end, um, especially considering uh, now we're talking about bank stocks. How about Morgan Stanley? 
Morgan Stanley, and the only thing, you know, there is no setup here. I'm not going to lie. Like, there's, <laughs> like, no technical structure setup. There's no, um, there's no, there's nothing of that nature. And like, I'm looking honestly, at Honestly, I'm going to double down with you on that one because I was about to talk about J.P. Morgan. Yeah, I'm looking at this massive wick down. And, you know, the whole thing, everyone being scared with, you know, Silicon Valley Bank, it's really more of a sentiment play. There's a lot of trap shorts, in my opinion. If this thing want, if this thing whips back up, there's a lot of trap shorts there that are going to push it, you know, higher. So significant mm-hmm. call volume on the 331.95 calls, like huge, enormous. It's like 5,000 uh, 5, contracts traded, uh, 291 open interest. And um, you also see at the 106, which I'm thinking they sold, so I think it's a bullish spread. Um, sold a lot of the 106 calls and it looks like the same volume to purchase the those 95 so I'm really interested in that this week so it's a little, almost like a pure options flow trade which honestly that's never a bad idea that's where the money is right yeah, yeah. I will say um, very quickly for anybody who's listening either later on or uh, who doesn't know about it uh, Silicon Valley Bank went insolvent on Friday Thursday Thursday oh they I mean, didn't trade on Friday. Not insolvent, but they are, they are not liquid. No, they're they're officially insolvent. Yeah. Is it officially like it's an insolvency thing, I'm or is it? A I'm almost positive they're officially. My insolvent. understanding was they had the assets, but they couldn't move them. Yeah, no. Well, they took too many losses, so they can't pay. Um, what do you call it? Some of the withdrawals. That's why they're insolvent. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw mean, it on New York Times. That's why. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people were debating whether it was like you know actual liquidity or if it was insolvent. Well, I guess I'll disclaim just in case I could be wrong or read it wrong or whatever. It could be either way. Either the way, bank they don't is exist. screwed. Yeah, they don't <laughs> exist <laughs> anymore. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> their options ran like, um, I mean, millions of percent on. Friday when the whole thing went down and all the assets were sold, uh, basically price cut over half and then and then some later on in after hours trading they completely halted trading the bank doesn't exist anymore and they did all the tech banking for tech startups, um, including like Roku and Pinterest and whatever else. It was insane. I saw a TikTok and somebody said you know the day before they crashed if you had bought spent ninety four dollars ninety five dollars on some one fifty puts deep out the money. You know, the 125s went 29 million percent. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like the one, and that's what I'm saying. This person said if you bought like 95 of the 150 puts, uh, yeah. put $95 in the next day <laughs> and you held, you were sitting on top of $700,000. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. I think it was um, what the 125s were trading at close of day, they were trading at 27.33 mm-hmm. per put, and they started at one cent. That one one dollar. <laughs> yeah, twenty seven thirty three started at a dollar. <laughs> yeah, no, like, and uh, twenty seven thirty three times hundred. We should say that as well. Yeah, uh, just in case. But um, so what do you got with J P Morgan and Nvidia going on next? So J P Morgan, that's going to be the same idea as Morgan Stanley here. To be completely honest, um, J P Morgan on the longer term frame. This is what I was really interested in but this is like i mean we're talking probably three months out at least i'm gonna pull up the charts here real quick just so that i got it in front of me um but i mean talking at least three months out but it's it actually looks like there's a giant head and shoulders forming 
with um, the break of that head and shoulders would be roughly 120, 122-ish, which is not super far away and could happen. Let's say for whatever reason, the SVB bank crash ends up being a lot scarier than we are. Like if, if for whatever reason, JP Morgan or Wells Fargo or whoever today when they're auctioning off the assets for hopefully what 70 cents on a dollar that, i mean that's what i kind of heard from the fdic so i mean there's also talks about how the federal government might step in try to get all the depositors back you know 100 percent of their funds not a, necessarily a bailout for uh silicon valley itself but you know for the depositors at least so it says oh and as we're speaking unusual whales just tweeted that Additionally, the U.S. has said that all Silicon Valley Bank depositors will have access to their, all of their money on Monday. So, I guess that kind of eases our, our worries. That's calls. I mean, that that's calls. I mean, we're going to see pre-market. I mean, pre-market opens in a few hours. Not pre-market, but futures open in a few yeah. hours. So, we'll kind of see, like, what sentiment that brings. I'm sure it's going to bring some green back to the market, especially because the outflow was just panic. I mean, if you look at what was what was the bank I was th- – our, our brokerage accounts. I use Schwab, oh, yeah. use TD. Mm-hmm. Schwab was getting pounded last week. Unbelievably. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of concerns over their balance sheet as well because, you know, the thing with SIVB, I don't want to dwell too much on it. That, you know, that's said and done. But, yeah. So this is a new player now is their balance sheet has a lot of held to maturity uh, mortgage-backed securities as well. So people are wondering, you know, mm-hmm. what's the liquidity like at Schwab, you know, given int- the interest rate environment? It's in. definitely causing a lot of banks to be scrutinized right now. And given they find a problem in one Smaller of them, banks. Yeah, smaller banks. Uh, like the big four will be just fine. But the smaller banks, uh, given they find a problem in one of those, I mean, we could, we could see some very interesting things play out for the rest of the week. But, I mean, I will say if that tweet was right and... Uh, it's, it's all feeling good. Futures start looking good. Very likely on the bank stocks, it'll, it's going to be a calls kind of day on uh, Monday, tomorrow, and possibly even into Tuesday and Wednesday, depending on you know sports resistances and what the overall sen- sentiment is. Um, and so I do want to move on to the next one because we are kind of running out of time here. NVIDIA was an interesting find for me. Uh, I do uh, trade NVIDIA pretty often. I tend to stick between a couple of, of stocks here. I, I really like t- Spy Tesla and NVIDIA, but NVIDIA was exceedingly interesting to me recently because on Friday, they came down and they closed under their 230 level. And the after hours stayed under the 230 level. I'm feeling like... If, you know, we don't get a push above 2.30 early on in the morning, we could see a, a longer chop under it. I, I want to say it's calls, but very likely if we stick, you know, stick under 2.30, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing puts. The nice, or not the nice thing, but like, you know, if you're trading and, you know, because of like, it's not, not a 24-7 market, you're trading at one of those significant levels. Mm-hmm. It's going to go one of two ways. Either this yeah. thing... 
just explodes and runs up in the morning. It's either exploding or it's dumping. Or that shit is just gapping down yeah. or it's dumping immediately on open. Exactly. You and know, considering it stayed under it in that after hours period, I'm feeling like we're probably that's you know that's one of the things where you're tra- when you're trading at a significant level like that, it's always interesting. When you're middle of the range, yeah. you know there's a chance like it's a flat open yeah. or relatively flat or or just you know kind of slowly moves one direction. Yeah, or but this will be explosive. All right, well, hate to say it, but it's time to wrap up here. I want to mention that uh, if you want to stay active with us during the week, please follow us on Twitter. Uh, my handle is AndrewBaskin777, and Fado's is just average down. Both will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, traders, respect your stop. Or just average down. <laughs>